This is the Rebel Scum Podcast. Available in video on YouTube and audio wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every week, Brock and James talk the latest rumors, news, and theories from a galaxy far, far away. Support us on Patreon for exclusive offers and join the Star Wars discussion. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. You're always scum. Rebel scum. Thanksgiving joke here. Welcome to our Thanksgiving round table. As usual, we got to do something for Thanksgiving. We got Pete here. We got James here. We got Brock here. We're talking the future of Star Wars on Disney+. Wars? Uh, our resident turkey is with the Thanksgiving yes. turkey. Yes. Third yeah. straight year doing the Thanksgiving show. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm, I'm I'm like one of those big floating balloons on down the street in New York City. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> Have you ever been to that parade? Any other? I I went once. I went once. Really? Yeah, Macy's Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was it was cool, but it, you know. I, you know, it's so funny. I am so lucky to live like between New York and Philadelphia. And I, you know, I, I, th- I used to work in New York City and, you know, people like will save money their entire lives to spend a week in New York. And I'm like, oh, I hate this place. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it was really cool to see it, you know, just see it once. But I'm good. I don't need to do it again. I'm happy. Yeah, no, I can see that. <laughs> I, I, I'm one of those people that loves New York. I love going there. Yeah, we have we have mini New York. It's Steve Martin from Thirty Rock, Toronto. It's like New York, but without all the stuff. It's like the most accurate uh, description. Of Toronto, I love you Toronto can get. though. I love Toronto. Well, the Leafs beat the Flyers, so we'll always have that. <laughs> and, and probably always, always is a good way to put it. <laughs> oh well, we'll see. They are not if they meet in the first round of the playoffs. Then the Flyers. I just hope that. one of those two teams wins the Stanley Cup in our lifetime. That would be that would be nice. Hope all you want. <laughs> Keep all right, let's, yeah. let's get into it. We're going to talk some uh, Star Wars and on streaming Star Wars. And Pete, you might know a little bit about streaming Star Wars. Just a yeah. just a touch about that. First of all, Andor coming to an end, came to an end, whatever, however you want to word it. We won't do any spoilers for the ending of of, of Andor. Not because we're recording this early, just because of out of respect. Right. But, so so far, <laughs> Pete, let's go. Let's do Pete the Brock. Thoughts on Andor, not comparing it to anything else, just Andor itself. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't want to get caught up in that that social media. Well, it makes Kenobi look well, bad. No. Yeah, like that. Like, I mean, like, you no. know, it doesn't mean like just Andor on its own. On its <laughs> own, it's, you know, I, I, the day that, uh, that we're having this conversation, I had just, you know, I put together some thoughts about it because it's, it's, one honestly, it's I, I I love everything about it. The biggest challenge with it, especially as we talked about sort of favorite episodes of live action, is it's hard to kind of pull it out because it's one big story. And what I love about it is that it's it's really taken some risks. It's showing us the world of Star Wars that we loved as as kids or or whoever whenever you got into it, the the world of lightsabers and and Jedi and space battles, but showing you that level that that's all built on. And it's really, I think, I think that's one of the challenges for people who are saying it's slow or it's boring or whatever. And it's, it's because when you see the star Wars logo, your expectation is you're going to get 
adventure and action and this is drama this is deep human drama and um my overall thoughts on it i i'm so enthralled by every single episode um it, it's 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 really it's just a masterpiece in the way it's done and it's very different from traditional star wars and i think that that's okay brock i know you have a lot of issues with this series <laughs> Most of it because it's so good. But what do we just give your thoughts on Andor? Uh, as usual, I'm a shill for Disney, but like, uh, like Andor, it's something you have, I still have to like sit on. But I arguably is the best Star Wars out right now. Um, period. End of sentence. I mean, it puts movies to the test. Um, it feels like a movie, and it's, yeah. it's, it's. It, there is some stuff you kind of have to... Okay, you have to watch two or three episodes first to get the vibe of how this story works. But... And that's why they released three episodes right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But it's just... It's like... I was just thinking about it, It's like... It's like when you discovered the Ralph McQuarrie concept art for Star Wars where you're just like, wow, look at this. Like, look what, what they were like. Maybe it could be this. And now it's like... It's Star Wars, but it's like... It's a whole new level of Star Wars that we've... I don't know if we ever conceived of it. It's almost as like that's the imagination you had as a kid when you love Star Wars. Like, here it is. And it's just, yeah, it pushes the envelope and like flips the script. And it's it's great. I mean, Mandalorian might be more of your uh, run-of-the-mill adventure, which is fun. But like Andor is like, we've been dying for Star Wars to go to the next level. And I think this is, the catalyst for that, which is funny because Catalyst was a book that started Rogue One, which is also in that universe. Yep. I I think like it, I don't know. It's yeah, like as much as Mandalorian was like, wow, we can do something that's almost Jedi, the breft of uh, any Jedi, and now it's like Andor. So it's like those two go toe to toe, and I think you could argue for hours on which one is the better one. So. Love I think it's 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 intriguing that we have two, well, three, four, whatever Star Wars live action shows that you can't compare this one to. And you can compare Boba yeah. Fett to Mando, obviously Ahsoka, yeah. Mando, Skeleton Crew, Mando. They're all pro I'm guessing they're because they're all Favreau, Filoni. But this one's like you can't compare them. They're they're apples and oranges. You can enjoy them both, or you can dislike them both. But I, 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 you couldn't put one up against the other. I don't think it wouldn't be fair yeah. to either one because they're both very different. And, and Andor, you know, you hear the criticisms about Andor, and you hear the, the praises about Andor, and, I, and it, it baffles me a lot on both sides. From a lot of it is like people, what people seem to like about it is what made them, you know, not like is what it goes against liking from Star Wars in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And then what they don't like, like it's, it's, it's so interesting to me to hear people talk about it in that way, because it is very different. And it's, it, it's very Star Wars, but it's very not Star Wars. And I've always said mm -hmm. like that it's like, that's because this is in the Rogue One universe, not so much the grander Star Wars universe. It's kind of more grounded in that, in that world. And they're really sticking to it. And I love it, but you still get the sense that it that the world that we've seen around it exists within it, even the prequels. It's it's interesting to me because you know I had I said on uh, our streaming Star Wars show a couple of weeks ago that I haven't watched any um, any of the other live series, and actually I don't think I've watched any Star Wars movies um, in the time 
since I've been watching Andor since the show started. Mm. And I wonder how they're going to strike me, right? Because I saw I saw a still picture um, of um, or, or no, it was a gif of Book of Boba Fett. And I looked at it and I said, I want like it's the same universe. They've captured that. But man, this is like mythology and and action and adventure. Um, and this is this is world building and or is world building and and character studies and and sort of the other thing that's very interesting about it to me is this is this is I hate to say Star Wars for adults, but I can call it that because my son who came with me to Star Wars Celebration, who loves, loves, loves the Mandalorian, loved the Book of Boba Fett, loves Clone Wars has had zero interest in this show. We mm. watched the first episode and he was like, okay, big deal. And then I was watching the Narkina five episode, the, uh, the prison escape one spoiler. Uh, <laughs> and he, he walked in and he, he watched that, but because, you know, I mean, that had action yeah. and, and, you know, gunfights and things like that. So, um, it's not for, it is star Wars for adults. And what's interesting too about it is that it's, it holds a mirror up against kind of the way the world that adults who grew up on star Wars, whether you're 30, 50, 60, 20, if you grew up on star Wars, you are now looking at our, our world now. And, and I'm not going to bring this down into some dark political <laughs> hole, but I mean, the, the fact is that it's, it's showing sort of the dark side of, of our world. And, and I'm not saying, you know, our backyard but certainly around this planet there is some really horrible things going on and this is kind of a reflection of that which you know star wars it's obviously about war and all the horrors of war but you know when you're shooting down stormtroopers like you know clay pigeons it they don't mean anything but when you're when you're seeing people you know it, in this close-up real situation it's it changes the way you look at war it changes the way you look at the empire. I can tell you, I watched Boba Fett <clears throat> since starting Andor. I rewatched yeah. it with my wife. She <laughs> hadn't seen Boba Fett yet. And um, I still love it. I like Boba Fett. I was one of the people that liked Book of Boba I love Book yeah. of Boba Fett. Okay. And I, I rewatched it and I said, I still love it. And I watched Andor like the next day. I'm like, yeah, I love this. And they didn't really conflict with me at all. Yeah. And they, they did, they, and they, I guess they feel different. You know what it is? Andor just, well, Book of Boba Fett looks nice and or looks beautiful, but it looks more, like you said, it's more mature, more adult looking. Yeah. It looks like, to Brock's point, a film more so. But it, but you bring up going, it is more of an adult film, and I can see kids being turned off, not turned off, but just not, not interested in what they're doing on Andor because it doesn't have what kids are there for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, this is shot much more like, I mean, there's been a lot of... Um, a lot of comparisons to Kubrick and and those sort of things and and it is it is def everything about this show is very deliberate. Um, mm-hmm. Every every lingering camera shot, every mm-hmm. angle, um, and again, it's conversational. Some of the best episodes of this show had no laser fire; <laughs> they're yeah. just great episodes that just pulled you in. And, and again, it's it's so cool to be able to appreciate a deep story about the human condition, about the, the, uh, the, the terrors of an oppressive government and be able to watch that 
and just know it's in a universe that we love to hang out in. And that's that's kind of a cool way to 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 enjoy it. I mean, it's it's clearly Star Wars. There's Star Wars stuff all around it, um, but it's also it's got its own kind of vibe, which is so so cool and refreshing, you know. And hey, I can't wait for ahsoka and book of boba fett season two if they ever do that and season three of mando and i'm so excited about this and unlike some people on social media i'm not like well better look like this this is the new standard no it's a way to tell the story look Mm -hmm. i'm not a comic book fan but i can tell i i know that there's different artists different look and feel for different comic books um different writers kevin scott writes very different than jason fry than claudia gray but they're still telling stories in that universe that i care about so i think that's 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 the way to look at this. It's a, it's a Star Wars story just told slightly different. I think as fans, we've like written ourselves into a corner or painted us ourselves into a corner where now it's like you in a post world, a post in Infinity Gaunt, or Infinity War, Endgame. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what, what else is big. Uh, just any like those big spectacle movies now where we're like, it has to link and it has to work all together and it has to have an amazing conclusion so it's like it's okay if you don't like it like my wife has been watching Andor with me she's four episodes behind but like she's always interested like we we pay for Disney plus we might as well watch the new thing they're putting on the front page but she's sort of like this is a long show and I keep going it's good it's good it's good and then you get to a point where it's like I like this show because of this I really really enjoy it and that's just my feelings. And if you don't like it, that's it's cool. Like I understand. Like I've never had a desire to watch a show like Succession, but it has a massive following. Right. Will I ever get into it? I, I don't know. I'm curious because I hear about it. But it's like if I'm if if I'm not gonna go and do it, then maybe it's not for me. And that's that. And it's like a show like Andor, like two years or how, when did they announce Andor? Like before COVID. So it's like yeah. I've heard a lot of people say like this was never on my radar like because like what did you need to know more and or (laughs) true yeah so like the show has to push the envelope in some way where it's like yes we're engaged with this character but then they're like let's go an extra mile because this might work or it might not and it's it's crazy because it's like the show is about Cassian but it's really not about him he's just sort of there Right? Or am I wrong? Well, no, and I think... Yeah, go, I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. No, no, it's your show. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not my show. Uh, <laughs> it's the turkey Thanksgiving show. It's the... Um, <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting that you, you mentioned that because it struck me in watching episode 11 that it's called Andor because it's not just Cassian. It's his mother yeah. and it's the, you know, the, the, the legacy of that family. But what's interesting about Star Wars television, and, and maybe I'll, I'll help move this uh this ball down the field a little bit here but they um what's interesting about star wars television is it very rarely is what the title is like hmm. um rebels when i first heard about rebels and i saw the first animation from it i was like oh it's gonna be a kid show and it's gonna be about some oh, yeah. rebel group and i don't care but rebels is a uh oh my camera just decided not to work anymore can you still hear me oh yeah we oh, hear you. Okay. american right. cameras american cameras man it's, it's that canadian internet disconnect the canadian internet. <laughs> i can't <laughs> even oh there i am okay hi hello 
Um, but Rebels turned out to be a show about family, about a Jedi story, a Mandalorian story. The Mandalorian is not just about Din Djarin. It's it's a again, it's another it's a father son story. It's much more than that. And I think where we're going is that that may be the lead center of the story, but it's going to tell these much larger stories. And Andor, to to what you were saying before, it it strikes me also that every single Disney Plus series that has come on, um, when I first heard about it, even as a big Star Wars fan as I am, I've been a fan since 1977 when I saw it in the theaters at seven years old. Um, I was like, Mandalorian? Uh, okay. I mean, that sounds a, a gunslinger. <laughs> cool. I'll check it out. And I love it. Book of Boba Fett. Do I really need Boba Fett's story? I didn't need it, but I needed it. The Kenobi show is probably the biggest example of me being like, oh, <laughs> he lived in the desert for 20 years. Let's not go into that story. And it was six strong, exciting episodes. So, and Andor is the same exact thing. Anybody, I was probably at the front of that train that was like, really? We need Cassian's story? But holy cow, it's been such a great story to, to hear. Let's keep going down there because Andor, like you said, you didn't need any of those. And it's true because remember both had the problem with the Mandalorian came in and kind of took over the show for a little yep. while. No one knew what it was. But the, the, the thing is, is these are all subtitles to Star Wars, right? It's all part of that Star Wars story. And even if you watch the behind the scenes on the Book of Boba Fett, Favreau says that when they, they think about bringing in Mandalorian, they're like, well, we need to know what happened to these guys because they're part of this story. So it it almost they don't I, I still Star Wars should just be episodes one two three four and then just keep going because it's all part of the same universe. It would get confusing because you wouldn't know where you were in those because they keep going back and telling these prequels. But it's it's fun. But Andor, like we said earlier, is is much more mature. And we talked about Ahsoka uh, coming out, and we don't need that. And we, you know the skeleton crew things coming out with Jude Law. But the one that intrigued me the most, I know it intrigued you, Brock, was the Acolyte. The Acolyte is mm -hmm. one that, ooh, it sounds interesting. And they're going back 100 years before Phantom Menace, sort of getting a little bit of the, the High Republic. It's going to be, who knows what it's going to be. Uh, Russian doll, I can't remember her name. She's she's doing it. Leslie Headland. yeah. You let, yeah, there you go. I, have, I, I want to ask you guys this question now, because Andor... You know, you said earlier, like, oh, people are like, all Star Wars shows better look like this now. Yeah. Acolyte isn't in that Favreau Filoni verse. It isn't in the Rogue One verse. It's in the High Republic, which is only in print. Do you, either of you think, Brock, I'll start with you. Do you think there's a, the opportunity for it to maybe piggyback off of Andor and be a little bit more mature? Do you think it's going to maybe be a little bit more like Mando? Or could it live somewhere in the middle or something else that I haven't said? I think all Star Wars projects should be you've chosen a person or a group of people to create something so they should be allowed to create their vision and then if it fails it fails because we've seen what happens with Solo when you inter when you intervene on something where it's like it starts being something and, and it becomes something else which wasn't terrible but like it's 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 like how they fired uh, Trevorrow or Trevorrow off of three is like this is what it could have been. It's like, no, that doesn't exist. If you want to do a what if show, which did they kind of do that with Star Wars? What if show with 
then yeah okay but then it's just like but star wars isn't that like it's like we don't talk about alternate dimensions in star wars yet um so it's like <laughs> let's not live in the what if it's like here it is if you don't like it don't that's fine but it's just like acolyte uh because it's in the, it's supposed to be the tail end of the high republic I'm very interested in it because I really like the books, but it's also frustrating the High Republic as a whole, like because like the new, the new, what are they calling it? Chapter new series yeah, phase or two, phase, yeah. phase phase two? I think it started, but it's only in comics and it's gone back another hundred years. I'm like, what what's going on here? So it's like, do I want that acolyte thing? Absolutely, Leslie Headland, great stuff. Cast looks phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and the way they've described it is like, it's mm -hmm. very cool. So I'm in and I hope we, I think I've asked this before. I think there was like, we did on uh hollow news that like, it's, it's had more, it's almost as the same amount of viewers that Mandalorian has, uh, and or so mm -hmm. it's, people are watching it. So I don't, I don't know how they rate the Disney plus stuff. So it's like, how do we know if Andor is a success? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess it's how many watches they get. So I don't, uh, I don't feel like I've seen any report on like highest. Like, they they have said that about Marvel, but I don't feel like they do that with Star Wars. So it's like, if Andor is doing well, does that push Acolyte, which is a very interesting idea that most people aren't going to be like, what are you talking about? It could, it could be. I hope. I. It's yeah. I can say anything until I'm blue in the face, but until we get some real images or trailers, it's like, I don't know what this is going to be. And I think we said that about Andor as well. <laughs> yeah. I, but I'm excited about the, the only, not the only thing. I mean, look, I, I have, I'm not anti high Republic. I just haven't gotten to it. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. Me neither. And I, everybody that I know that I consider, you know, you know, friends and, slash star wars friends who's who's engaged in it loves it so that's cool um i think you know again when when solo came out that was the first and feels like the only flub that they've had when it comes to explaining things that that are a little bit you know because of the fact that they do jump all over the timeline right so I remember watching Solo with with my good friend, the guy who I go watch all these movies with on the Thursday nights. We catch the early before we go with the kids. Um, and I remember watching Solo, and of course I've seen Clone Wars, and you know I'm a I'm a freaking nerd. And so when Darth Maul came up on the way out, I had to explain to him like, okay, so here let me tell you about this thing. There's this Crimson Dawn. There's this Dark Sun. There's this whole thing, and <laughs> and and he was like, oh, okay, but. They didn't explain that at all versus something <laughs> like Mandalorian who Ahsoka shows up. And I always, I always use my dad as sort of the, the, <laughs> the barometer. He's 75 years old. He's a star Wars fan, but he, you know, he watches movies and TV shows live action. He doesn't watch anything other than live action. And I was like, so what did you think of that Ahsoka character? And he was like, oh, she was, she was really cool. I was like, oh, you have no idea how cool she was, but they effectively brought her into the show where those of us, the three of us on the screen here, were like, oh, my God, that's Ahsoka. That's amazing. And people like my dad or the casual fans, which, let's face it, are the boldest of the people spending money, um, they're able to enjoy the show and be like, oh, that character was cool. It'd be cool to know more about her. And if you're so inclined, you go watch The Clone Wars. If you're not, you're not. But 
that's where the accolade is going to play in a very interesting spot. They're going to have to be very, um, very judicious in setting up where it is, uh, especially if it deals with sort of the introduction of Plagueis and or Palpatine or any of those characters, um, because it will confuse people. Because I remember when when Rogue One came out, people were like, so was that Ray's mom? I don't understand. Like, And so that's that's the biggest challenge they're going to face with acolyte that said i'm excited because i i know nothing i have no yeah. expectation for the show at all uh at least like with with andor we're like well we know that character and we know what happens to him and he's a rebel spy okay acolyte nothing no idea at all so acolyte's exciting because it's a uh an, an old padawan not an old padawan but a former padawan coming back with her jedi master to solve a mystery it's kind of yeah. like Let's have fun. Like that's what it feels like to me. I don't know if they're gonna have fun or not. I haven't seen it, obviously. <laughs> but have you so that have you guys both seen the image that they they it's like a behind the scenes image of the show? Yeah, with shot. Leslie and um, the and dude two from Squid Games and uh, yeah. Oh yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that looked Star Wars to me. Yep. But you know what it reminded me of? You know, um, I can't remember the planet now where Zori Bliss is from in uh, in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Possibly the single greatest piece of Star Wars we've gotten. <laughs> I'm not going to comment. <laughs> but it, it, so it snows. So, like, but it reminded me of that planet. I, obviously, it's not that planet. But it, but when it, but it felt very Star Wars to me. It, it, that's why I asked about the Endor thing, because it almost feels like it's going to be more like mandalorian in terms of of the look i mean obviously we're going from a behind the scenes picture so we don't know what the cinematography is but the set design looked a lot like that because andor as great as it andor actually it's very like bbc right like it's all like it's very much a bbc show <laughs> yep. and the droids like everything is like star wars but just a little different from star wars yeah whereas <laughs> like whereas like mandalorian is like you're like oh that's star wars this one like you're like eh, you know we're somewhere they're teetering. They're really on that fine. I think they're doing a great job with it, though, on that fine line. But Peter, I want to bring up Darth Maul, who's one of my favorite characters because he's Darth yeah. Maul. Mm-hmm. But yeah, him and Solo, I think to that point, it was kind of like Ron Howard like called his son or something. He said, which bad guys should we have? And they went with Darth <laughs> Maul because he's cool. And that's part of the problem is, you know, if they would have continued that story, yeah, your friend wouldn't have had an issue with Darth Maul because eventually we probably would have got to that point. Right. Now, within the isolated film itself, that's a different story. But I think, but they just they cut they cut the thing at the the knees, so there's no more Kira, no more Darth Maul. It's like, well, what was the what is the point of Solo? Yeah, and and we're we're probably never going to ever figure that out. I do not think they will make Solo to happen. Unfortunately, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think a Disney Plus series would have been nice, but I think I think that ship has. Uh, that Falcon has sailed. Falcon but it's interesting because, you know, the, the future of Star Wars storytelling, um, I think it, I I had, uh, we had uh, comedian Corey Ryan Forrester on our show, and he was like, if they never make another Star Wars movie, but keep making good quality TV, I'm fine with that. And you know what? It's strange for mm-hmm. me to say it, but I think I am too. And, um, and it's funny because I just went to go see Wakanda Forever, and you know of course i compared it to the marvel tv shows and marvel tv shows aren't the same quality they're fun i like them i had there hasn't been a a really bad one yet uh i mean and i do look at marvel differently right i'm not a i'm not like a i I don't have marvel helmets on the wall behind (laughs) me but um 
you, I, you spin it and it's all Marvel. Right. That's for my other podcast. Yeah. Um, but the um, so I feel like there's a separation, whereas I feel like Star Wars is really, truly um, telling. And maybe it's because Star Wars is built on the serial style of telling stories. I think Andor is benefiting from being, you know, essentially an eight and a half hour movie told in 12 different chapters. Um, I think it's I, I think, you know. Even the Kenobi series, which I think was rumored to have started as a film um, and got broken up into a series. I think if you do it right, you can continue to live and tell those stories there because Star Wars is driven by merchandising, right? I mean, not driven by, but benefits from might be a better way to put it. And the live action TV show stuff is selling merchandise. It's, you know, Mandalorian is selling merchandise. Grogu is selling merchandise. Um, I don't think Andor will. I can't see too many five-year-olds <laughs> wanting a Luthan Rail, you know, black series. But, uh, you know, the adults that collect will want it. But where I'm going with that is they proved with Mandalorian that you can get that same sort of um, commitment to merchandise from a live action television series that you can from a film, because if you then look at rise of Skywalker merch, it did not sell at all. I mean, it's, it, it bombed from a merch standpoint. So if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, I think you can tell those stories on Disney plus. If you're looking at it from a storytelling standpoint, I think they've proven that it's a great medium to tell these longer form stories and bring, bring it all together. Yep. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. No, no I, I, I think George Lucas, look, George Lucas wrote, um, under, was it Underworld, Underground, Shadowland, whatever that series. And he was like, ah, it's too much. Yeah. It was like, it's too much money to yep. do it. So they didn't do it. And they're using a lot of those screenplays apparently for, they're not using them for the stories of Andor, but they're using them for information on Andor, learning about Coruscant and stuff like that. Yep. 20 girls said they had all that. So, but I think this is where George Lucas wanted the franchise to go. Is on like he didn't know streaming was a, what was right. it going to be. But I think he, this is what he always envisioned. And if this was around ten years ago, I don't know if he would have sold it to Disney uh, necessarily. Like at that point, he might have held on for a little bit longer onto his uh, beloved Lucasfilm. He probably would have sold. That's a really interesting question, you know, hypothetical. Would he have sold if he knew where streaming was? Because you're right. I, I totally agree. I think, you know, there's the, still the videos of McCollum talking about um, Star Wars Underworld, I think is what it was called. And they had, what, like 52 scripts written yeah. or something like that. They had like the <laughs> whole thing ready to go. And it just was cost prohibitive. Now, they are spending a ton of money on these shows, yeah. but they're paying off. And honestly, yeah. I, that's the model that I don't understand. Like, to your point before, Brock, like, how do they know if it's working? The only thing they know is, did they lose subscribers or did they gain subscribers? At the end of the day, yeah. Visions is as successful as The Mandalorian because that's, you know, they, they Disney Plus kept people or didn't lose people or gained people, right? So um, it is it is a very strange sort of, from, a again, a business perspective, it's tough to tell. It's like anything, in, like the film or tv industry but like especially with like george lucas he's always like a couple years too early or he's at the yeah. leading cutting edge of it right like you can say whatever you want about the prequel with the green screen prisons and stuff but like without 
people like George Lucas putting that work into that, it's like you yep. don't get to the volume. You don't get to better quality CG. I, I think for every George Lucas, you get a Weta workshop with um, Guillermo <laughs> del Toro. Like, these yep. are, or, well, I guess what, like, um, Guillermo del Toro is more in the Jim Henson vein, but they yeah, all I'm kind of work. They all like, there's always a predecessor. So it's like, it's funny, like, they're like, we're not going to spend that much, whatever money it was for Star Wars Underworld. But then, like, Amazon spent a billion dollars on Ring of Power. <laughs> and like, it, it, like, it did, yeah. it did a good job. Like, I mean, it's out. We could sit here for two, two to three hours and talk about which is better, House of Dragon, Ring of Power. But it's like, it, they're both good. <laughs> yep. I couldn't. I've only seen one of them. Exactly. But, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's like, it, it, I, I, I feel like we say this on Rebel Scum Podcast like all the time, especially it's like you're gonna not like Marvel movies or Star Wars movies, but they're still movies. Like they're not absolute pieces of trash. Like they're generally stories that kind of like make sense to some point, and they look amazing. Like it's like we now kind of like after Andor, we're like, no, the the volume just doesn't doesn't pop like, Uh, and it's like. But like when Mandalorian came out, I was like, "That's not a real place. What? Right. <laughs> they can control yeah. the sun? Like it's just like <laughs> it's it's it, it's it's like anything. It's like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, how did I even get on this? But it's like yeah, it's just like it's interesting how like a thought like t- ten years ago was unheard of, and now it's like now it's a, a reality now. So. Who knows? I love the volume, by the way, and I think yeah. I think they they you know they're they're still figuring it out, and I think there are parts of Obi Wan more than any of the other shows where I'm like, oh wow, that that looks mostly it's running. You can't run in front of the volume, <laughs> right? Andor, see, I am <clears throat> see, I am curious about Andor, as Andor has a lot of the shallow depth of field in it. I wonder how that plays out with something like the volume. Can you do it? Because you the cinematographer of Rogue One and the and the Batman mentioned how it's better at dusk. And I thought the volume is used brilliantly in the Batman. You don't even know that it's there yeah. when they're on the rooftop. Yeah, I didn't right? even know that. So I think there's it's like green screen. Sometimes you can be like, oh, that looks terrible. And sometimes you're like, what? That was yeah. fake. You don't know. And and also I think sometimes, especially when it comes to Star Wars and Marvel, you need to just shut off your brain for that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, when you're watching an Inquisitor from another planet spin a lightsaber, like maybe, you know, cut some slack. Yeah, I, 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 I literally saw somebody tweet about, you know, you know, the way a lightsaber works is it wouldn't handle the weight and act as a, as a spinning <laughs> blade to carry somebody like a helicopter. I'm like, dude, there's explosions in space. Let's start with that and then then let's and space magic okay sometimes when they shoot the the door lock it opens but right. sometimes when they shoot it it locks it's, oh. there's no science in it anymore. Just, see star wars is so unrealistic <laughs> i like it when people say when people are talking about andrew like this is how i like my star wars i'm like you know in a new hope Chewie and han run down a hallway face <laughs> off a thousand stormtroopers and run the other way for a laugh it's never been. It's like we put these movies on some kind of weird pedestal, yes. and we forget that you know, really, you just had a toy when you were a kid, and yep. you had a good time. So maybe go back to that. Don't take it so damn seriously. Be, yep. You hit joke. it right on the head, though. It's like it's something you uh, uh, embraced or uh, or took in as a child. So like it was probably the first time you saw something like that, and it's like. You just you're chasing the idea of like the first time I saw that, you know, like, oh, that's cool. Like 
You know, like uh, I remember, like how many you can think like back in the day when we just had to randomly guess what was on TV and you just went with it. How many movies or TV shows did you discover randomly on a weekend? Oh yeah. man! And you're like, what is this? It's like, why is Mel Gibson running around the desert with a weird thing? This is the Road Warrior, and you're like, what? <laughs> and then you watch the original Mad Max, and you're like, you can't watch. It's like this is a different thing and much better. And this is like, what? So but it's I think like, you, you bring up an awesome point because I, yeah. I, I've said this, I was, so book of Boba Fett was not my favorite series. It's not that I didn't like it a lot because I really did, but I think I went in and I allowed my fan theory had to take control of every single week. So by the time it got to the seventh episode, I was like, here's what's going to happen. The Pikes are going to do this and this is going to happen. And I watched it myself at five in the morning and I was like, it was all right. And then I watched it that night with my 10 year old son. And he literally, literally at the end of the show was like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's Boba Fett on a rancor and then a gunfight in the middle yeah. of the street. And just, I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. It really was the best thing ever. Yeah. It was so cool. But you have to go in that way. And I think that's what happens, you know, not to bring it back to the, the Andor conversation, but that's what happens is you, and I think that's what's cool about this. And one of the things that I'd love to see is fans who haven't watched Star Wars in a while, who have become movie fans, who have become yeah. fans of, go watch Andor, because we're bringing you back to your Death Star playset and your action mm -hmm. figures, but we're telling it in a story in a different style. And I think it's got the opportunity, which is why I think that they're distributing it across the four different Disney-owned networks um, to to be seen by a broader audience for people to go, oh, wow, this is this is intriguing. This is a an intellectual thriller. This is something that I want to know more about. And and oh, it doesn't matter. It's got TIE fighters in it. And somebody says something about a kyber crystal. It doesn't matter. That's like, you know, it's like the crown, <laughs> except yeah. with, you know, TIE fighters and and senators and stuff. So I do want to talk to you guys about one because you brought up it is going to be on network television. They're doing it on four of their channels, I think. Yeah, Disney channel. I think Hulu, FX. It's kind of weird that they're doing the first two episodes and not the first three, which really kind of feel like they were together. It could be a timing thing. I don't know. <clears throat> but I want to talk to both of you about this. And that's I, – I found not so much with Mandalorian, and I've mentioned this to you in the past, but with Boba Fett, Obi-Wan especially, and now a lot with Andor. And so it seems to be different ways of telling these stories. There are movies, there are weekly series, and then there's like the binge-watching streaming series. Like, like Stranger Things, I don't know if that works weekly. Do you know? Like, I feel like that is one you put it all together. I might watch it at one of the week, but I, like on your own pace because it's basically one big giant movie. Whereas Mandalorian, you know, one of my pet peeves, but it actually is what makes it a weekly series is, Okay, I'm here, and I'm gonna fly away at the end, and then and yep. it's, that's your episode. That's, but Boba Fett, Obi Wan, were kind of like those. Those were high series. They both felt like they both felt like one big long story where I think they would have benefited from binge watching, throw them all up. Let me watch them on my own pace. But Andor is very is is in between there, where they put those first three episodes together. I almost feel like it would have worked. Even better if they put the first three episodes together, then the next three episodes yep. together. Now, obviously, you don't get me every, you know, for 12 weeks or whatever it is that way. But it feels like it's somewhere in the middle. Do you guys think that there is going to be a time where that is going to be a way for maybe Star Wars or any series to kind of go where there will be 
Some will be binge, some will be weekly, and some will be two, 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 or, or three, three, three. Uh, you know, I think I think really uh, the Andor series more than any of them had very clearly defined ends to arcs, very much like Clone Wars, right? Clone Wars had yes. a lot of two to five episode arcs, right? Mostly three episode arcs. Um, I think that's a really interesting way to to do it. What you're saying, James, I think it'd be a very cool way to do it. You know, put out three episodes, three weeks later, two weeks later, give us the next three episodes. Um, I think what has been great about Mandalorian. Um, and Book of Boba Fett to a degree is the fact that you do have this communal watching. It becomes appointment television, which is something that has been missed. But the difference is Mandalorian, you can watch season two, episode three on its own and be like, that was a good episode. I like that one. Um, but um, but yeah, I think it is going to change the I think there's going to be um uh, different ways to do things just like you're saying what you know i noticed <laughs> i was at again back to my dad's i was at my dad's house a couple weeks ago with uh with my kids and we were talking about the, the topic of stranger things came up and the first question you ask anybody when you're watching when you talk about stranger things is what episode do you want like that's how you start the conversation <laughs> yeah. like uh, i'm on season two i'm in the middle of season two okay so i won't tell you what happens but i went blah 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 um with Mando, with Andor, even we just you know three days after it, it you know if after it's out, you're allowed to talk spoilers because we assume everybody has made it along with you, and there's a real benefit to that because there's this community conversation that's happening about the show, which I really I, I think that's important for Star Wars, and maybe it's not as important in Marvel, and maybe that's why the Marvel the Marvel shows don't uh, have that same sort of recognizable buzz to me anyway. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's like, I do thoroughly enjoy getting up early, um, and watching a new episode and that happened with Marvel stuff and that happens with Star Wars stuff. Yeah. But then at the same moment, like, mm, it was like the week of episode four or five of Andor, they released Tales of the Jedi and I just watched that in like a two hour span. They're shorter, of course. So it's easy. Yep. So it's like, it's interesting how like those things, it's sometimes I wonder if it's like, because like Vision, Star Wars Visions just came out as, a, as an entire thing. There was no yep. episodic part to it. It's like, are these the things that you're like, well, we got this other little side project, you know, like, because they, I always like what in Disney Plus they have like that Star Wars biome, which is literally just a screensaver where there's just yep. Star Wars stuff happening. Then they don't talk about it, but they put it on there and it's just like, that's a cool idea. Like keep doing, I think you do that with the Simpsons where they put out like a Maggie cartoon. I think it's, they've done a bunch of other different things. It's like, they're like, we're going to test things. We're just going to like occasionally drop it. Of course, that being said, I don't read every single piece of news that comes out. So maybe yes. there are a group of people talking about things like, I can't think of an example, but like, there's just like some stuff I don't pay attention to. I only like, and like my algorithm on my phone tells me what I want to read. That doesn't like, oh, maybe you should read this thing about, again, succession. I, I don't ever search it. So, well, now my phone is probably listening to it. I'll have it in my algorithm. Um, it, It's interesting. So it's like, I think, I think there isn't going to, I don't think there is a formula. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I it just seems like they're like, we'll try this. And then we'll do this over and over again until it's like people are bored with it and we'll think up something new. I 
think that's kind of what, like, especially Andor, I've said this before, it's like, you watch the show and you think it's going to go one way and it flips the script and goes the other yep. direction. So it's like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm like, and that's awesome. So I don't think it's predictable, but yeah, I think there's a, there's a reason to have a binge watch or episodic. I, I think Game of Thrones proved that in this post-streaming world, we're all about uh, like having one show that everyone talks about yep. on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Yep. yep. So I would agree with that. And I unmute my microphone. <laughs> I look. I am a big weekly watching. That's what I prefer. Mm. I've just noticed the way they're telling the stories, but I, I think you utilize it to a way. That's what I really find. Is like there's different ways to tell stories, and and again, and there's just. The sky is the limit with Star Wars. The movies, we're not talking about movies right now, but I think they're really approaching them. I feel like, and I'm not obviously in those rooms, but it feels like they're approaching them wrong. Because now they're like, Sean Levy's going to do a Star Wars movie, and this guy's doing one, and she's doing one. It's like, but what are you doing? Like, are you just like having a meeting? Like, do you want to do a Star Wars movie? Yes, I do. Of course you do. But what's the story? Like, you can't, I don't know, like, you shouldn't like Marvel, even Marvel, which I think is very different from Star Wars. Foggy's not calling up a dragon that like, you are into a movie, and they're like, Well, he I actually mean, kind of did with Michael Chikino doing well, <laughs> but it's not like you know what I mean. Like, there's obviously a plan, and they're like, We're making this movie. Star Wars needs a plan, they don't need someone to direct a movie, they need someone to be like John Favreau is, or Gilroy is, or Headley is, be like, This is my idea, this is the movie, because Star Wars is not just. Especially now with the streaming stuff, it's not just show up to the theater and let's right. see if this works. It's Star Wars, right? It's like it's this big epic film franchise. It almost feels like what Marvel does is like they they have they talk to a director and they say, "Are you interested in doing a Marvel movie?" And they're like, "Yep." And they're like, "Good," because we need somebody to do Doctor Strange three. Okay, you're yeah. gonna do that one. Whereas with this, it's like there's gonna be a Taika Waititi movie. It will it okay. But why and what's it going to be? It's like, honestly, it's like a pet. And he movie. doesn't even know. <laughs> right. Right. They're like, you want to do a Star Wars movie? Yeah, I do. Okay. Come back to us with an idea. It's like, in a way, when they advertise um, animated characters um, based on the voices. It's like, hey, we need to get uh, Christian Slater to do a voice in this film. When it's going to be him, no matter what. What's it going to be? I don't know. He looks kind of like a fox. All right. We'll make him a fox in this movie. And and well, whereas I, and it's like, Taika, you're you're kind of witty and clever. What do you want to write about? It's like that doesn't that's not going to fit into a plan, especially because Star Wars doesn't have a blueprint. Like Mar, at least with Marvel, yeah. you'd be like, okay, there was that really we you like She Hulk? That's cool. We could probably do something with that. You'd be good for She Hulk. Versus with Star Wars, it's like I have this crazy idea about a whatever who lives here and does that thing, and they're like. I guess that works in Star Wars. I don't know. So it's there's no there's no blueprint. There's no place for somebody to bring an idea and see where it fits. And that gets dangerous. I think that's why Solo had its problems. Well, Solo was Solo was Kaz, was George Lucas hired Kazan to write a movie, and he's like, I want to do Solo, right? And he wrote it. Maybe he also should have directed it. You know, there's something. So I mean, Solo is a thing on its own, obviously, with all the yeah. problems that it has. But yeah, but the way they're approaching these shows is how they should probably approach the movies. Like these shows, you know, Gilroy shows would be like, well, I'm going to do. You know, I think originally it was three seasons, now it's two. 
this is what I'm going to do. This is my blueprint. This is the story. And they're like, do it. That's how they should approach the movies, right? Taika Waititi has a Star Wars idea. What is it? Is it one film? That's not good enough. Get out of here. We need yep. we need at least, I think it needs to be a minimum of three movies. Pitch me three movies. If we, if we edgy on it, maybe we'll start with one. But I, I think it's got to be three movies. You got to be New Line with uh, Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings. Just freaking make all three of them. Boom, yep. boom, boom. Have them out the door. Because Star Wars is a saga. It's not, a, it's not, I mean, Rogue One was awesome. We all love it. Andor is obviously benefiting from it. But it's not one movie. It's an well, entire and, saga. And that's what's going to happen with Rogue One by the time it's all done is essentially it's going to be like six movies or five or six movies, yeah. right? All built in yeah. together, which is cool. And it's going to add life to, to, to Andor for sure. Of Rogue One, rather. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to our top five today. Top five. Uh, the e- possibly the easiest top five we've ever done. <laughs> We're going to do top five live action episodes of Star Wars. Anything Star Wars streaming that is live action. We're going to do, which would have been a lot easier four years ago. By the way, four years ago, Mandalorian premiered. Four four <laughs> years ago, Disney that's, Plus. What? Well, yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. Wild. Yeah, and now we're complaining because we use the volume. Back then we were like, right. what is it? <laughs> yeah. We're like, where did they shoot this? That's yeah. amazing. Oh, they shot them. it in a parking lot. Shot it in front <laughs> of a big TV. Oh, but because okay. of that, we got Obi-Wan Kenobi. We got Boba Fett. We got all because of this little show called The Mandalorian that cost $10 million an episode, so it was not that little. We're going to do top five. Let us know your top fives, too, in the comments as well. Uh, so my number five, I'll go, then Brock, you can go, then Pete. My number five is uh, from the Book of Boba Fett, which is, uh, I'm a huge Book of Boba Fett fan, and anybody that's not, Pete, will get kicked off of this too. <laughs> uh, from the Desert Comes a Stranger. I really enjoyed yeah. this episode. Sure, most of it might be Baby Yoda. I'm going to call him Baby Yoda. And Luke, but uh, I like Cobb Vanth. I like the way it ends. I love that we see where it's heading. Uh, maybe it's not as exciting as the last episode. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I just, I just, I just, I just watched it recently too. So recently biased, but I really enjoy. From the desert comes a stranger. Brock. Oh, I. She didn't write down the titles of the episodes, so I'm gonna. That's like, fine. Try <laughs> I to don't give know any of the number. He's gonna describe Ep- them. Uh, episode. Uh, episode. I'm gonna say how many episodes of Book of Boba Fett are there? Eight or six or seven? Seven. seven? seven. I think it's episode. Four, four, yeah. Oh, good <laughs> episode, episode, yes. Episode four, where like Filoni just straight up flexed, and he's like, ha, <laughs> "This is actually Mandalorian season two point five. Like, and I'm like, I can't hate it because we end where he sends Grogu off, and they're like, "Whoa, what are we going to do? What's the season going to be about? Is Grogu ever going to come back?" And they're like, "No, no, no, he's going to be back. Don't worry about it." <laughs> yep. So I just like that alone, and I'm like in the. And then to have an episode where the main character doesn't even, I think, he appear or he at least doesn't No, he speak. literally does not appear. He doesn't speak. And it's just like, what? <laughs> but I will, and it sets up the next two episodes, which are an amazing, and, like, Book of Ophet, great part. Anyways, sorry. And it sets you. up the next season of Mandalorian. So anyway, who yeah, doesn't exactly. like it, Pete, is just wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying <laughs> I don't like the Book of <laughs> If I was forced to rank, as we often are, I would have mm-hmm. put it there. Next uh, time we're having your son on. He's, yeah, well, he, he he's much more entertaining. <laughs> did he, wait, did sure. he like Wakanda Forever? He loved it. Oh, he great. really liked it. Um, 
I was afraid it was going to be too long, but yeah. you enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, great. You Sorry, you're up. No problem. Okay, so my fifth uh, favorite is chapter two of The Mandalorian, The Child, the one with the Jawas, um, because for me, it really set up, uh, it felt very much like a comic book slash video game. There was not a lot of speaking. There was a lot of action. There was a lot of, you learned more about the Mando and uh and we got the grogu force reveal um it was just it was just such it was a fun episode and after you know being just two episodes in and you're so sucked in at that point it was very well done so that's my number five i i like that episode quite a bit i won't talk about it anymore because it probably will make an appearance (laughs) (laughs) My number four, and I, you know what? My number four is from the Andor show. Huh? I almost didn't have an Andor episode on here because Andor is like, it's, it's just as a whole, you know? Like, do I like any of them better than anything else? Yes, apparently I do. I like uh, No Way Out, the prison break episode that your son likes so much. So this is why you should be on the show. I, <laughs> I like that. But what I loved about that episode was just thinking back to it, Kino Loy. Mm, yep. The whole time he knows where he he's headed. He knows all. So every time he's reluctant to do something, you at first you don't know why, and then you realize, oh, there's no escape for him in, in at all. Yep. His escape is death, and that is either be in prison or death. And that, and that whole episode leads to that. And uh, I love all the memes now where he has the little floaties on. <laughs> They're fantastic. Uh, but I mean, there's more to that episode. But that was that's for me. That's it's such a powerful part of Star Wars and the Rebellion. Because then you see Luthen later on in that episode give one of the best Star Wars speeches, and he's willing to sacrifice everybody and everything for the Rebellion. And Kino Loy is willing to sacrifice himself to get everybody out of there. So I just, I just love the way it's coming together. Um, that being said, this is the only Endor on my list, so don't be disappointed. But Sagarera <laughs> in Episode Eleven was peak for me. It was yes, that was great. But it's not on my list. But so because it was recently biased, so I went with that one. All right, Brock. Uh, my number four is Rob. I got. I'm trying to give like every series a uh, shout out, so I'm gonna go Obi Wan on this one. I think the last episode is a strong conclusion because it kind of gives you an ending to the story, gives you a wrap up of like Leia story. Uh, it has a, you get um, Reva's like turn to good whatever or like that the fact that like it's she looked like if she gets betrayed but then she's still she's still a strong character she comes back she's not just done in the second last episode uh we get vader like show like sorry who goes who goes to ben or no reva goes there so it's like you're like oh vader's the big bad guy but he's like he's not really like the villain is kind of reva who fortunately we flip at the end but you get to see Ben and um, Ben, uh, Uncle Ben. No, that's Spider Man. Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen and Baru, and like you get all those little extra things. You get like, oh, but how? What about this? It ties in that little beginning part, and it's just it's a solid episode. Like the series is good, but like you kind of like here you go. Here's all <laughs> the things you've been wondering about, and yeah, and of course, young Luke, young Leia. Like how can you go wrong? That's cool. My number four is the same as James's number four. It's one way out. I, you know, just like you said, 
there was a challenge to pick um, just one and or episode because of the way it builds on it. But I not only did I think Kino was great, not only did I think um, the 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 monologue from Luthen was amazing, but kind of seeing the trap that uh, Mon Mothma finds herself in. And mm. it just it was all about yeah. sort of the whole episode was about realization as to where you are, because even Lonnie was like, all right, I'm screwed. And Luthen's like, I'm screwed too, but I'm gonna keep fighting. And Mon Mothma was came to the realization she's like, she's in it, and she's in it really deep. So um, I thought I thought that was a great uh, of again to your point. It's hard to pull one out, but that would be that would be the one. It's, what you said is is true too, because a lot of these episodes, I feel like they're all parallels. All the characters and their storylines are parallel to each other during yep. those episodes it's doing a great job of that um, that's a great number four i'm gonna give you credit oh thank you thank you <laughs> my number three is this mando season one finale redemption Ooh. uh do the wavy hand thing and i like it i like uh, ig11's death there's just a great it was a great finale the punching of baby yoda at the beginning <laughs> it's just it was it was a great ending to a series that was our first for for into Star Wars television. It really was. That was, yep. Yeah, it was a solid ending too. It's uh, you know what was great too is I think we forget. Um, I think too many shows make their final episode a lead into the next season. Whereas, yeah, they 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 tease the um the dark saber, which was cool. But if there was no season two of Mando, we got a full story, and not enough shows do that now. Yep. Absolutely. P. I'll go to you next. Oh, you go back back around the other way, sort of yeah. snake and We snake. have the same number three, right? So no, we don't, but I, but in a way we kinda do because mine is Mandalorian, the last episode of season two. Ah! The rescue. <laughs> All right, go ahead, go ahead. No, and only because it was a cultural touchstone. I think it was one of those Bringing Luke back delivered so much to such a wide base of the fandom. I have a video that's on YouTube somewhere of my son watching it also. Just being, cool. that's Luke. That's Luke Skywalker. I know it is. I know it is. And watching him as an eight-year-old at the time and, and then watching Star Wars Theory, another Canadian, sitting there crying over it. It's It really was. I just like laughing at him crying. But there was the whole concept of, of just delivering luke skywalker back to the franchise was so powerful and just such a great great episode and you know you couldn't help but tear up when when he hands grogu over to to luke to leave it's uh and and then the other piece to it that's so great is a running theme of mandalorian is the fact that din Djarin has never seen a star wars movie and doesn't know anything about it he's like are you a jedi are you a jedi luke skywalker are you a jedi okay yeah so um yeah that that's my number three can I, one thing to that point about him not knowing anything about Star Wars, that's one thing with the sequel trilogy that always irked me was how Luke is that myth. I'm like, but no one knew he went to the Death Star to fight Vader. I kind of <laughs> like that no one knows who he is at this point. Sure, yeah. we'll get to him being a myth, but I like this point. I love that. Fuck your number. <laughs> My number three is also the last episode of season two of Mandalorian. I, I wanted to put Rock Mandalorian is a smart man. specifically. Oh, <laughs> Mandalorian <laughs> specific. Just to, to its own self. Uh, there's a second Mandalorian on this one. But I was going to say the first episode where we meet Ahsoka. But that would just be sort of a baloney flex. But it's like vital because like it's a launching point for the Ahsoka series. It's just like 
in one episode you're like here here's that thing you want but like i went with the last episode because you're right it's like it's an amazing episode where it's like okay like grogu gets saved and he has to go away because it's like he's made he's made he he like din can't do anything for him ahsoka has told him that like he has to go train this is not staying with you is not his path if he's going to be a jedi there's a lot of stuff going on in his in his mind that you can't deal with and then we got bo katan so it's like fan fan service and all this stuff is cool and it's amazing and they like he vanquishes uh moff gideon he gets the dark saber great but like you said it's like the Luke appearance is almost on on par with the Grogu reveal, where it's like nobody had an idea. No one, even the actors have said, like, we didn't know it was gonna be Luke because it's a totally different actor, and they put someone over top, right? And then they put whatever they want in it. But like, I remember that vibe of like, oh, there's someone coming in. There's like, oh, and then you see an X-Wing, and you're like, it glides in and it's just like, <laughs> hello? I can't remember how it goes, but it's like, it's kind of like inferred. Like You're like, you look at it and you're like, that's Luke. And you're like, no way, no way. <laughs> but it just glides, you just see it underneath the ship and it just glides in. You're like, oh man. And then silhouette, green lightsaber. And you're like, there's no way this is happening. I still now, what, yeah. two years later, I'm like, how is that possible? So to the point that when we see Mandal- uh, Luke in Book of Boba Fett or season 2.5, like it's like, wow, they actually yeah. did it. Even though they're like, this is the end of the Skywalker cycle. I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> Psych! So, but it's just like that, that scene of him coming in the hallway and then, you know, presenting himself to our characters. It's like, that's wild. And it's also points out like just because the actors have aged doesn't mean we can't hypothetically bring back those characters in that time period. Yep. It could work. Obviously, it doesn't look perfect, doesn't look terrible. So it's like that opens a lot of potential for things. So anyway, that's why I like that episode. That's cool. Yeah, it's a really good episode i remember brocky texting me while you're watching like well i got oh my god yeah i think i was like do not go on the internet until you watch (laughs) (laughs) it's tough not to go on the internet after these things oh yeah Andor is not so hard because it's kind of hard to spoil Andor. Andor is like a weird show where because there's none of that fan service there is though because it's star wars and all that (laughs) but like but it's not like surprise there's none of that really going on but uh, i love it uh my number two uh i'm gonna go with um book of boba fett episode one shoot me if you want i just <laughs> loved how it kind of like just went slow and took its time being like man this is boba fett now he's <laughs> a slave and also and this part of the story i just i thought and i know i'm one of the seven but i thought it was really well done and one of the things that my number one is going to show this is one of the things that I love about Star Wars is when it's a silent film. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever seen A New Hope, but like the first like 25 minutes is a silent film about a robot trying to find his robot friend. And then like, he leaves the road. And that there's something about that that takes me back to that time. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't need them to talk. For, now, Andor does a great job of that. Don't get me wrong. But so that proves my point wrong. But 
there's something with the episode that I just when he escapes the Sarlacc, which was something I never wanted yeah. cared for. I'm like, I'm into this. Yep. And then just seeing where he winds up and his his kind of his there's something about that show that I really enjoy that nobody else does. And I don't know if I can put it into words. So I'm not gonna try it. But that's my number two. And uh, if you disagree, you can write Brock at P.O. Box Brock Stink. <laughs> Brock Stink dot. <laughs> <laughs> my number two is one of brock's uh, i think brock's number five which was kenobi part six um to see you know again this was that that point we made earlier like do we really need to see kenobi and, and vader fight before a new hope and you're like oh yeah yeah we do that was pretty <laughs> awesome um and and see i think the whole thing for me about kenobi was Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan and uh-huh. watching and again the again it's similar to Andor some of the complaints that oh this isn't the Obi the Obi-Wan that we wanted or blah 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 to watch him grow in six episodes from really being just doing the bare minimum watching Luke and and giving up on on where he is to you know even just the way he's dressed a little bit differently and he's the way he he smiles at Leia and gives her that that little story, you know, or just 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 the the interaction between the two of them. What it does for me is, man, when you watch A New Hope now, and just before Vader strikes him down and he looks over and sees Luke and Leia, you're like, wow, that means so much more now because he was uh, he was a part of both their lives. And um, but yeah, I thought six six was what we wanted from the Kenobi series. So that's, that's why it becomes it a number two for me. Yeah, great, great episode. Brock. Uh, my second number two is going to be Andor episode three. I don't know what the title is. Reckoning. That was an honorable mention for me. Honorable yep. mention. Cause that's good. Cause I'm going to quote the, the line <laughs> that actually uses that word. Cause it's like, it's the it's the episode that you need in that series of three when they launched all three that you're like, oh, I see what they're going for here. So it's like it's vital in that sense. And it's also sort of set up how the rest of the season goes where it's kind of like in chunks. Right. But then also it's like as much as it's a new show. And yeah, there's like, yeah, I can't remember what one of you said. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably slightly better than this. But the scene where this town, Ferrix, is like, they are aware that they are now being invaded by uh, the security company. So that isn't the Empire, but it's close. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, shit's going down. Everybody, this is how it's going to... And like, it's like that... And then it's, you get this awesome monologue with Marva saying like, do you hear that? That's a reckoning. And it's like, it's a little... It's a little unnerving when you hear that sound and, like, and it's like but it, it, it'll get worse and it's like why will it get worse it's when they stop i know and i'm not really quoting it properly <laughs> it's like it's like well you're directionally correct when they the stop, audition the, for this the, role the, the worst the, the the worst part is when they stop it's like what happens then when she just sits back and it's like i'm dying um <laughs> but like that scene is amazing because it's like it's kind of like this is kind of like this is really what's going to launch the rebellion. They exist in pockets, but like this event caused by Cassian's Andor's search to find a sister that we then never hear about again. It, it's all it's 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 like it's the the assassination of Franz or Franz Fer, uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. 
that starts World War One. This is the moment, and this is when people start fighting back. And obviously, it has to get to other things. But like, without this moment, it's like this is when it's gonna get real. And that whole like escape with Luthien and Andor just sort of sets like where this show is gonna go. Yeah. It's like, yes, you just sat through two episodes of people talking, <laughs> but here you are. Here's your chase scene. Here's your blasters. Yep. And it's great. And it's just like, that's a moment in that show where I was like, oh man, what is this? <laughs> Give me more. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, I have a couple honorable mentions. Pete, you have a couple honorable mentions. Brock, do you have any? Is there anything, Brock, that you're like, oh, I, I should have put this one on my list, but I didn't? For me, I'm going to go with uh, Mando Chapter 15, The Believer which is oh, yeah. uh, the one yeah. without Grogu at all. I love that oh, yeah. episode. That was a phenomenal episode, I thought, of Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, and my other one is Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 1. I thought uh, it was a great introduction, reintroduction to Obi-Wan Kenobi and all that. I thought Deborah Chow directed the heck out of that episode. Until Andor, I thought it was one of the nicest-looking Star Wars we got in. Andor then came and made me say, you suck volume. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, of course, my other one is just every episode of Book of Boba Fett. I'm we, not a total Book of Boba Fett hater. Oh my god! Everybody goodness. else is. Don't worry. I, I know. What were your honorable mentions? My honorable mentions. One was the reckoning, as Brock was just talking about, and the other one was uh, one that Brock had on his list, which is um, the Chapter Thirteen, the Jedi with um, the Jedi, had, and uh, with with Ahsoka, because because the fact that first of all, it was. I felt like it was the first episode that Filoni directed that he got it 100% right. Um, like if you look at the one with uh, the bounty hunter, whatever that one was um, that he directed, it was choppy. It was, you know, I'm not a director, so I'm not an expert, but you could tell Filoni brought his vision in. And I just remember watching Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka and recognizing that she put so much care into learning that character that there are just certain little physical nuances that she pulls out from the animation that make you go, okay, yeah, she is Ahsoka. Um, and, uh, and I just thought the whole episode was, it was, a, again, that's the cool thing about Mando is you can go back and I can just go watch that episode and I don't have to watch everything led up to it and everything that came after it. So plus we got Grogu's name in that one. So. Yeah. I love him book of both it when, uh, Grogu meets uh, what's her face. She goes, Grogu, that's a horrible name. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, you know what we're all thinking. You get it. <laughs> Brock, any mentions? I, I sort of like any like fan service. Like, like we said earlier, Sarlacc Pit, uh, uh, Boba Fett on a Rancor, um, yeah. Ahsoka, Ahsoka saying anything to Luke. Uh, Luke. Uh, <laughs> Luke. Uh, what's the other thing I had in my mind? But yeah, uh, just young Leia and Luke, and it, like it's just sort of like, yeah, it's so nice. Yeah, um, so I think nice. I, I think I, it's one of the episodes I mentioned already. But like, I, them explaining like what the dark saber could mean for the like the Mandalorian people, like or like this is what happened. This is how it all fell apart. It's like I think like that's a big scene. I think that's in the episode I said for. Book of Boba Fett, I think. Yeah, yeah it's in that episode. Yep. That's like, I think that's a pivotal moment that like is going to play heavily into the next like few seasons of all those shows. 
but yeah, though, it's it's like with those, like, uh, I guess, yeah, like, uh, what is the, what's the second episode of uh, Mandalorian called again? The Egg? The Child. Child. The Child. Child. So, it, well, you know, they get the gigantic Cadbury egg and they open it up, but then you just get, like, the mud horn, the slowest car chase with a sand crawler, like, amazing episode. Segue into my number one, the child. <laughs> it is awesome. It's got like an Indiana Jones reference. There's no talking for ninety percent of it, which is something I love in my Star Wars, as you know. Uh, and we saw we saw Baby Yoda at the time using the Force on the Mudhorn. The Mudhorn becomes a huge thing for the Mandalorian. It's now on him. Uh, I just I remember watching that episode. I was like, that was good. And it was, and I rewatched that more than any other Disney Plus episode of any. I just I'm so entertained by it. And Quill is one of my favorite characters also. I for, you forget about him every once in a while, but then you're like, wait, nope. Greatest thing that ever happened to Star Wars is Quill. So my number one is uh, The Child. Great episode. Very good yeah. episode. Pete, your number one? My number one is chapter one of The Mandalorian because it pulled us... <coughs> it pulled us <laughs> sorry, Brock. The, That's okay. The same list. Me and Brock are the same. Yeah. Um, but... Um, just because that that moment of seeing Grogu for the first time, which of course is burned in all of our brains, and none of us could believe what we just saw. Like all of us, anybody who's a Star Wars fan, just like and it and it launched. I mean, people who don't even know how to spell Star Wars are Grogu fans. It's it's remarkable. But also, I loved the. I it had all those pieces of Star Wars. It had. Um, had the humor right had the because star wars with a funny droid is always good you know k2so is great and ig11 you know continuously trying to say he's going to blow himself up was hilarious during that battle scene it was hilarious so um but to me and also made us all i think as star wars fans breathe a collective sigh of relief that oh, okay this is going to work this is going to be that they can make star wars on tv and it doesn't look bad it doesn't feel bad it doesn't feel like it's out of place it feels like it should be here yeah my my number one is also episode number one because it's like you watch that show and you're like oh this is exciting i'm like yeah okay let's talk about a guy that's kind of like that one guy in the back of like three scenes in the original trilogy that everyone just loves like yeah okay i'm in i'm in like yeah either coming in cold or warm or cold i'm like yeah cool man and ig11 moving around just like oh yeah the way he can shoot up. is just like <laughs> oh this is like it's so like you sit there like this is exactly what george lucas has been dreaming about for the last 30 years but then you get that scene the best kept secret in star wars outside of luke i am your father is guess what we have another yoda yeah and it captures our imagination for 20 more episodes but like that scene at the very very end where like the cradle opens and Grogu or like uh, Din puts his hand down and you see the little hand come out and you're like this is this is what the Star Wars TV series or TV world is going to be about it's like we just gave you something new and you just are about to go on a journey you were not expecting and it's like it's yeah. paid off. It's just like this is the new era. So shocking that we're not getting movies, but like I can't complain about what Star Wars is today. And that is that scene is just explains everything of what we we're talking about today. 
it's really like you know somebody says i'm gonna give you a new car and you're like okay cool i'm gonna get a hyundai and then they take you outside after all the build-up you're like yeah i'm gonna drive my new car they give you the keys and it's like it's a it's a you know a freaking whatever maserati and you're like holy cow <laughs> that is not what i was expecting it's the batmobile but you're thank, like, what? Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah i i agree that's that's why i it's it's number one for me too and what i always remember about that time was it was it was before um rise of skywalker came out and i remember going to see rise of skywalker um i saw it like five times the opening weekend but one of the times i saw it was with my brother-in-law and his wife and his wife is definitely one of those people's like star wars is that the one with the guy with the pointy ears or is that the um and when we walked out she was like wasn't there supposed to be like a baby yoda in this so <laughs> he had already taken hold of the pop culture yeah. within you know two months so yeah and and now i see people hating on baby yoda and i'm like what is wrong with you people <sighs> how can like, you hate Yoda's grogu you can't. It's jealousy. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. Like, but I mean, Grogu represents everything we love about Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Just like I yeah. want that toy. That's that's what yep. we love about. Yeah. I want that toy. I want to use the Force. I want to. I want to be an alien creature that doesn't. The one of the few races that doesn't have a name yet in the Star Wars world. Yeah. So. Kind of wish we called we called him Baby Yaddle. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody called him Yaddle. No, Why? I haven't seen that uh, Tales of the Jedi. Well, maybe by the time this comes out, I have, but I haven't seen Tales of the Jedi yet with Yaddle. I am looking. I saw a clip of Yaddle. I'm really excited. Um, I am excited though for the future of Star Wars because now we've seen like the Mando stuff and we've seen Andor and Star Wars. I think as far as the three of us are concerned, it works both ways. Yes, hundred percent. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Brock with your thumbs up. All right, let's wrap it up. We've been doing this long enough. Pete, you've got a turkey to go eat, and Brock and I are working because it's just a Thursday here in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Just another Thursday. Tell everybody where they. Oh, we didn't even talk about the friggin' Andor season two thing we were supposed to talk about. We'll have to do that another time. We'll have to do that another time. Pete, uh, tell yeah. everybody where they can find you and why you might uh, like streaming Star Wars or know a thing or two about it. Yeah, so uh, we have uh, what we call the ATG Cast podcast stream, which includes my show around the galaxy, which is a bi-weekly interview show. We talk to you know the people behind the fandom, try to capture that moment when two Star Wars fans meet for the first time. I've been very lucky to have voices and authors and creators on the show. Um, then there's also Podcast of the Wills, which is uh, my my partner in crime uh nick milky and he also does but he takes a slightly different approach kind of looks for that sort of spiritual moment of star wars for somebody and and it's kind of a it's a cool show but also live on friday nights we do a show called streaming star wars where we talk about whatever the show of the week is um and then we try to take a different approach one of the cool things about our friday night live show is that it's you know there's a thousand uh day of shows that come out on wednesday nights where people recap We've had a couple of days to think about it. So we usually focus on something that struck us uh, and have a conversation. And we take people's calls live on the show so people can get involved and give us their thoughts on whatever's happening in Star Wars. But you can find all that stuff at atgcast.com or you can follow me on Twitter and see me probably get in arguments with somebody from the fandom menace at atgcast. Try to stay out of trouble, but uh, it doesn't always work. So, Brock. 
Uh, I'm on the Rebel Scum podcast where we talk what? about Star Wars. Um, you can check my LinkedIn out. I not looking for work, but just you know, check it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely check out agencycast.com. I was on your show like 17 years ago. You were. Absolutely. People still say that I am the reason why you succeeded. Yeah, people people say that. People do they say do, that. They do. They do not. <laughs> Not a lot of people, but a couple <laughs> people have definitely said that. Most, mostly you. But mostly it's me true. And my, and my rabbit. Yep. But you don't know. No, I do have to say, honestly, what I did love about the episode was, and this is what I love about why I like doing my show, because I do get to just have like, you know, I literally, the prep I do for my show is like, can you show up at six o'clock or seven better? And that's the prep. And we talk, and it doesn't matter if it's Kevin Scott or if it's whoever. Um, it just like come on the show. Let's just talk about Star Wars and see where it goes. And the conversation we had was so much fun. And uh, I'll send you a link to it if you want to put it in the notes. So after people hear this amazing episode, they want to hear just you and me talk. And Brock, I have to get you on the show sometime. Yeah. But we'll, make I, that happen. well, if if ADG guys can ha can handle that much awesome at the same time, it would be. Rough. I'll put the link in there. But uh, people Thanksgiving are going to blow up when we go with that one two punch. <laughs> yes, Thanksgiving go ever. <laughs> <laughs> go go back to Turkey. That's Pete. That's Brock. I'm James. And Brock, you were always oh thanks for watching everybody. Give us like a that. Brock, you were always scum. Rebel scum. Hey scumbags, thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.